What's up, everyone? It's good to see you tonight, Bishop Clint and Kendall. We welcome you guys to uh, the broadcast tonight. We're excited. And look who's on with me tonight. This is, yeah, the, first yeah. time, this is the first time <laughs> you guys have seen Jovana. I'm in alive, life. y'all. She I'm is alive. A, she is alive and well and as fine as she ever been. I made it. I made it through labor and delivery. I'm here. <laughs> Listen, guys, we want you to hit your share buttons, as uh, Pastor Christian said, as we are going through this tonight. Be engaged, be involved in this dialogue tonight by giving us your comments. Uh, hit those hearts and those thumbs. That's your way of saying amen. And uh, I pray you've enjoyed Relationship Realities over the last three Wednesdays. And uh, on Sundays, of course, the one series we've been talking about wholeness without fragmentation properly put together, complete. And uh, we've been talking about the soul a lot on Sunday. So I encourage you to go back, as Christian said, and watch those broadcasts. But listen, as we put the capstone on this series tonight, I could not be more excited than I am about the two people who are joining us tonight. Yes. You, you all have heard from Bishop Gary McIntosh and his wife, Debbie, Joe Jim Morgan, Morgan, and Yolanda. But tonight, tonight. we have Bishop Clint Brown and Kendall Brown, and uh, you know what, Bishop, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Before these things go on, you know, we have a little time to talk, and you and Giovanna were away from the camera, and Kendall said, uh, she kind of dropped something on me. She said, you know, tonight is the night, Rick Hawkins. She said, we get to talk about something that I am smarter than you <laughs> and Clint about. <laughs> Which is relationship. Hey, All right. That's good. I'm, I'm the same here. Oh, man. Listen, um, you think you're the same, babe? I think it's the same for me, yeah. It's about time. So you think you, think <laughs> you and Kendall know more about relationships? Well, you know what I say? What? You know what, I, you know what I say, Pastor Rick? What's that? The first rule of relationships is knowing how, is knowing how to pick the right one. There you go. So they there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so they did good, right? Right. I, I waited my That's only right. my whole years to pick the right one. You did. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that before we came on. We started this whole series four Wednesdays ago with a. I was talking about the perfect match, and I talked about the difference in a perfect catch and a perfect match. Right. And how that. Uh, there's no perfect people, but two imperfect people can make a perfect match. Right. And I'm very grateful that Giovanna uh, is in my life because I feel like she is a perfect match to me. Bishop, we could go back to Genesis chapter two and, and talk about that first institution of relationship that we see there. I want, I want you to open us up tonight and, and just talk to us a little bit about the institution of marriage what it means, and then I want us to graduate into the thought. You know, I was thinking about Giovanna. Her life had to change like that. Mm -hmm. She She's never been in ministry. She was never married, and all of a sudden, she meets me. She's married, and she's in ministry, and those two worlds are two huge worlds. Uh, so, right. Bishop, talk to us about marriage, the institution of marriage, and let's just start at that origin, and we'll progress. Well, I think 
Uh, first of all, we're both honored to be on here with both of you. Love you both dearly and appreciate it. Love Quest Church, all the members there. And so it's an honor for us to even be invited uh, and that whatever we think or maybe our, our input has value with you guys, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a humbling thing for us. Um, I, when I think about relationship, I think about this. I think, you know, a lot of times we think about the man being the stronger and the woman being the weaker. And even the scripture refers to that. But in, 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 the, in the referring to that, it, di it did not, it wasn't talking about strength as in what we know strength to be. Because I believe a great relationship is this. When God created Adam, the Bible says that God said he needed a helpmate, a helpmate. And so, uh, Pastor Rick, you are a lot like me. We grew up a lot uh, similar uh, uh, backgrounds. You, you grew up around hard work. You grew up around, you know, working out in the field, working in the barn, uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, right. when you have to, when you need help to carry something, a cross tie, you need help to lift a gate. You need help to whatever. Isn't it true that the important thing is I have to find someone when I'm going to carry something that's heavy of equal strength, not less strength, wow. but equal. And so I believe when God gave me Kendall, when he put her in my life, I believe that he didn't put somebody weaker than me. He didn't even put anybody stronger than me. Somebody that matched the need that I had in my life to carry. And that meant when she grabbed one end and I grabbed the other end, we could move it and accomplish it. Whatever it is that God's called us to do. I needed someone with equal strength to help me carry that. And I believe that's the key of relationship is valuing each other's equal strength. And that's why God put that made in your life. You know, if that makes sense. It makes, it makes total sense. And I, I've never heard it put that way. And it, it, it brings a lot of clarity to, to relationships in my opinion. So that's what I would call a complimentary relationship. It, it is two equal parts. I, I was telling our people Sunday that two half people don't make a whole person. And it, it takes two whole people to make a complete relationship. And I believe that many times we are arrested personally in our development as individuals. And many times we attach where we were arrested. In other words, we all know that we go from, from total dependency as a baby or a child to independence and we wind up in interdependence. But if we're not developed properly and are arrested in any of those areas, we develop what we call codependent relationships. And in codependent relationships, there's controlling maneuvers, manipulation, fabricated ideologies, and all of those things. And I know we've all seen that in our life with people. So, you know, the best time to marry me was when Giovanna married me. Because I felt at that point, I was complete. When I was married, and we're just going to be totally transparent here, the first time I was 19 years old and I had a child when I was 19 years old. Dustin was born when I was 19 years old. I'm not saying that getting married young is, is a bad idea, but it wasn't a good idea for me. Um, so, and I think I was arrested 
And so the relationships that I developed or the relationship with my wife that I developed was very codependent. And um, after my divorce 15 years ago, I learned how important it is to become a whole individual. And I believe that's what I was able to present to Giovanna. And I know that's what I found in her. Kendall, uh, we'll go from Kendall to you, babe. Kendall, what is it like? We, we talked about this a little bit today. and We wanted to ask you this. Marriage and ministry. You know, Bishop is married two times. He's married to you and he's married to his ministry. How do you balance all of that? And that's probably the hardest working guy I know well, about. <laughs> the hardest working person I've ever met in my life, actually. Um, you know, I think that it's so important to find a balance in marriage and ministry. Um, and, and I think it's something that we all, and I mean, I know that y'all relate to this. It's something that we struggle with every single day, you know, just to find the balance. But I knew that. When I married um, Clint, I knew that I married a call. I married a call. I married a man, but I married a man with a call. I married a call. Um, wow. And when God connected me to him, um, you know, I, I honestly, I mean, you know, this isn't for everybody, but like for y'all and for us, like ministry and marriage, like everybody doesn't have this experience. But like for me, I, I have so much honor and I have so much respect for the call on his life and the gift of who he is and, and for what he does that I am very willing to um, accommodate and many times take the back seat to so many different, you know, to like to my own personal needs, just so that because I honor what he, I honor and respect what he's called to do. And I know that, that God, me alongside of him, um, that I was created for this, that I was graced for this, um, that God gives me the capacity to, to walk in that, but I honor the call that's on his life. And, um, and I'm, and I'm honored to serve next to him. And it, it can be, and I know Giovanna can certainly relate to this. I mean, we work hand in hand in the ministry. We work hard, but, um, it is, I, I think for a pastor's wife, um, it can be a very, very selfless uh, position. You, you must be willing to be selfless because the call that's on his life is so much bigger than me or us. It's, it's just big, and, I, and it means a lot to me. So that's where I find my balance. Well, I want to say something to you, Kendall, before we go to Giovanna. I want to commend you, and that's why we wanted to have you guys on here last because I'm going to tell you something. If I've ever seen a woman do that, it's you. I, you know, we're, we're all friends here, but I've watched you in person, honor Clint. I'm going to just call you Clint tonight, Bishop. That's all right. I've watched you re show yeah. respect for him in public. Um, I've watched you defend him like amazing defense of your husband. Not that he needed it, but you were there as a wall and insulation for him. And so I, I wanted to just pause and commend you for your service in the kingdom of God, but your partnership to an incredibly um, honored man in the body of Christ. You, you, Kendall, you should be honored. You, you should. It's amazing what you've done. And so I just want you to know it's, it's not going unnoticed. I've watched it. 
Giovanna has talked about it. We celebrate you tonight, Kendall. You, you're a blessing. Yes. And on top of that, anybody that can be married to Clint Brown <laughs> ought to be really blessed. <laughs> I agree. Baby. Well, I got to say that I, she touched every point that I was going to. I believe everything she said to be true with me. Yeah. Um, it's so true. And I've learned as a pastor's wife, you have to be selfless in what you want and put, kind of put your needs in that back burner. You got to get things done first for the ministry. Um, I believe the calling is an individual thing. Mm-hmm. We got to be called. We got to feel that calling individually. But I also, the Bible says when two are married, you become one flesh. So I deeply believe in what he does and his vision is now my vision and not that it wasn't before. Um, it's, I, it's not the first time that I've led and served. Right. So I have a lot of experience in that um, me being a vice president to a nonprofit organization for breast cancer survivors um, and fighters for a, a very long time, maybe 10 years, um, gave me a lot, a lot of experience. And so I know that you have to kind of put yourself last um, in some locations and um, lead and serve as God has called us to do. Um, and but with Ricky alongside, he makes it so much easier. I know some pastor wives have it a little harder, but he really makes it as easy as it can be for me. And I think it's maybe because of your past marriage. Um, and I remember you clearly saying to the church, I don't want to bring my wife in as that pastor wife, I really want her to be my wife, experience her as a wife. Married to me and not married right. to them. Yeah. And so I really appreciate that from him, but I've learned to love our congregation, the church, every individual that's those there. So I don't mind being involved. Right. I, I really enjoy it. And every man, you know, we, we look for acceptance. We look for security. We, identity, the basic needs of all of us, probably my biggest one, Bishop, is affirmation. I, I like being affirmed. You know, when we walk off the pulpit, even you and I together, we'll say, how was that? How, how did that go? Did I do all right for you? And that's really affirmation that we're looking for. Right. And I just, you know, I thank God for my wife because she lets me know I'm her favorite preacher in the world. You know, that I'm Full revelation. That was a powerful service. Well, you are, babe. Well, thank you. No disrespect to Bishop. <laughs> but. <laughs> and I'm sure Kendall believes that, too, of, of her husband. Yeah. But it, it doesn't, Bishop, you want to jump on that? That affirmation part for a man, to me, is significant. Yeah, I think, uh, I think one of the things, too, that you mentioned getting married young, you know, I, my... Uh, my father was not a minister, but I grew up with a ministry uh, surrounded by a ministry influence. And right. my and we were we were told, and I guarantee you were, that if we were going to be in the ministry, well, you better find a wife that can complement what you do. You better find somebody that can play the piano, sing. And so they didn't tell you to seek for love. They didn't tell you to seek for uh for uh, something that's that uh, for, you know, like uh, not just companionship, but like compatibility that you better find somebody that's going to be able to complement your ministry. And I found out that 
that complementing and completing a ministry are two different things. Come on. And, and, and I, you know, what we do, we need people that, uh, I mean, wives that will come into our life, that came into our lives, that yes, knows how to compliment us, but won't let us stop without completing what we've been called to do. Right. And, you know, I think one of the things, you know, that, that we search for, and the reason is, is because um, as a little girl, I think, I think women are prepared for life. And I think men are pretend to life. Wow. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Um, you know, when we were little, our parents bought us fake, you know, the little gu cowboy guns, holsters, <laughs> and we played cowboys and Indians, or we, or we played different, or Batman suits, or Robin suits, but not little girls. Little girls got doll houses that, that they learned how to decorate. They got babies that would cry. They changed their diapers. Uh, they would, all these little toys. And to me, I think women were constantly being prepared as little girls while we were pretending. And then it flips on you. When, you know, when you're 10 or 11 and your dad's leaving the house, my dad would look at us and go, okay, while I'm gone, you're the man of the house. So That's right. feeling the responsibility at a young age. He never said that about my sister. He said that to us. Then when we would go places, we would be, we would be asked these questions. Well, are you going to be a pipeline superintendent like your daddy? Well, are you going to be a lawyer like your daddy? Hey, are you going to be a preacher like your daddy? We're mm -hmm. constantly that pressure of, you know, we, we weren't prepared. We were pretending. And then all of a sudden you start getting the pressure. Whereas women, you know, are constantly my little queen, my little princess. We were, that's my little man, you know? Yes. And so I think when we get in ministry, I think the thing we look for is, man, we've been doing this and we need somebody to affirm us finally and tell us what we're doing is, effective it's good it's 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 uh making a difference and i gotta say out of everything that i think kendall is tremendously gifted with and i mean she's got great gifts that, that our church benefits from i think the greatest thing is her ability to affirm it, it, it's the greatest gift she has and i never realized i always said and and i would tell her i don't need you to compliment me I, I don't need that, but something deep inside of her knew, yeah, he does. Yes. Yes, he does. You know, I guess, you know, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I, I, Hey, I've been doing this for da 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 years and I've accomplished this and accomplished that. And I, you know, the last thing I need is for you to compliment me, but deep down in her, I think in her heart, I think she knew that's part of her assignment is to reaffirm me, to continually keep me confident in who I am and what yeah. I do. And, uh, and I think that's extremely important, extremely important. I can't tell you how many pastors I know out there and men that just work their fingers to the bone and all they get from their spouse is it's just not good enough or comparing. Why is that church successful? Why is that you know, they'll go visit a conference and they'll see what other people are wearing, driving. It's tough, you know, 
when you're doing your best. And a man, a wife that tells you you're the best and believes it, not just to patronize me. You know, she believes that. That means something to me because she she don't, uh, and I know I might offend people, she's not a BS or to anybody. And right. she doesn't do it to me because there's been times I've gotten in the car and she's told me, she said, look, that was a good word, but let me tell you something. You're preaching <laughs> angry and it's not going to benefit us. You're, you're mad. You're angry or you're upset or, or you're preaching to the people that aren't in the building, Clint. Yeah. She, she doesn't always just come at me and go, oh, you're phenomenal. You're great. But when I do ring the bell, she lets me know it. And, and she always, when she brings a word to me about something, whether it's, uh, it sounds possibly negative, she always knows how to layer it with that other stuff that says, look, you and I both know you're a great preacher. And I, I appreciate that. But it's, it's also truth you know, that makes, makes it effective. But yes, affirmation. I think ever since we're, since we're little boys, you know, daddy, watch me, daddy, watch me, daddy, watch yeah. me. It's just yeah. built into us. Whereas little girls didn't have to do that. You know, right. they, they were daddy's little girl princess and all this. And we all, we were always, you know, that's my little man. We always had to accomplish. Yeah. I, I thank God for her. And the way she does that, it's it's awesome. I like. That. I I love your perspective on stuff and how you can make it so <laughs> practical. And uh, the revelation behind is always powerful. I, I I can sit here and hear listen to you talk on night. Kendall, do you have any caveat on any of that? Because I've got a couple of questions for you guys that I want to give you an opportunity. I'm so ready for the questions, but um, I I think uh, my my caveat on that, um, I I just I know you know I did want to wondered if we would open this up by speaking to the people who are unmarried because there's a lot of people that are watching that are unmarried um and i just remember and i you know people that know my testimony some do not but i was married for almost 20 years before i married clint i've been married that's why i said i'm i'm the best i've got all the answers let me just school all of y'all i've been successfully married for almost 20 years before i married him and now we're almost eight years um, but you know, um, let the God, people, let the people, Kendall, let the people know the whole story. You weren't, you weren't divorced. No, my husband and I were in a, a boating accident after almost 20 years of marriage. And, um, I was, he had, he was just about to be 40 and I was just about to be 40 and, um, and he was killed. And so, um, and we'd known Clint, actually, uh, we were on staff with Clint years prior. And then when God, and I always say that on the, the heels of the greatest tragedy of my life came the greatest miracle of my life when God not only connected me, not just connected me to Clint, but God can reconnected me to my purpose when God connected me to Clint. Um, and what the enemy meant to destroy me and to end me, God just said, this is, it's just crazy. You just have, there are some things you just have to just, uh, accept God's sovereignty, even though you don't understand. But I absolutely know that even in that, I say it always about my life that I wouldn't want to live it over even from my childhood. I wouldn't want to do it again, but I wouldn't change. And it took me a while to say that about my husband dying 20 years of marriage. That, that's a big, you know, it's a big deal. 
My mom um, had been married three times. So when I married the very first time, I did it right. I held on. I was a virgin. I waited for the one like it was it like and, you know, people have different perspective about the one. But that's what I was going to say to the to the single people. But I did. I held on. And because uh, I felt like I'd already been divorced twice because my mom had been through divorce twice and I'm, I wasn't going to get it wrong. And then after God brought me that gift and then to lose that, you know, when when I married Clint, I didn't I didn't do it lightly because I didn't take it lightly the first time. And I knew that God had a call in my life my whole life. And um, when God connected me to Clint, he just reconnected me to that purpose that was on the inside of me. But um, you know, I just think about like people often would ask me advice about marriage. And I, I often say that I'm going to write a book. Marriage is as easy as one, two, three, which is really hilarious because marriage is freaking difficult. <laughs> like great marriage is freaking hard. I mean, you have to work hard every day to have a great marriage. I mean, people that you yeah. see have great relationships. It does not by accident. Like you work hard to have a great relationship. But, um, but my premise for that is number one, God created you on purpose and with a purpose and who you connect with is so important. You know, people take you up or take you down. Like it is very important who you connect with, who you marry, but also that God gives us the desires of our heart. And that scripture means that he puts those desires within us. When I was 13 years old, I said, God, I don't have to, I don't care what I have to go through in my life to know you. I want to know you. And, and, you know, many, many years later, I wave the white flag and say, I know you good enough, you know, but I believe that God put that in my heart. I believe because God knew my path and he graced me to walk this journey, you know, but, um, and so, but when God created me, he did not create me. And for those that are watching that are, that are unmarried, if you desire to be married, I think that God placed that desire within you. I think that God doesn't have for you to be single if you desire to be married. So number one, God created you with a purpose on purpose and put the desires in your heart. Um, and then whatever it is. So when I was young, I, I just say, you, you take the top three things. If you are not married, you take the top three things, put them in order of the most important to the least, at least three things. Mine was, I need, I already know. I want a man that loves God with all his heart. And that relationship is before me and not about me and not for me. It has nothing to do with me. That's him. You know, number two, number three. But here's the thing. It doesn't take 15 dates to find out if somebody's got your number one, two, and three. It really doesn't. So you just like settle it in your head right away. Like this is just a movie date. This is just a dinner date or whatever. But like you get those top three and I believe that's what God put in you and you don't settle, you know, and then you don't wind up in a stupid situation, you know? So, but I just knew that God connected me to Clint, that God was reconnecting me to my purpose. And it was very, very, it was very clear. It was very evident. It was not easy. I mean, it wasn't easy, you know, but how long, how long were you single, Kendall? A year, a year and a half, I think. Um, about a year. About a year. About a year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When we got married. Yep. But, but and I had, I had been single almost 11. Yeah. I had been married 20 years. He had been single for 11 years. It was not long after, which is crazy. And people really did question me. I even went to talk to a counselor to make sure I wasn't crazy because I thought I could I be crazy. But my, everybody around me was saying, yeah, you know, this is God. Um, but I, I think, again, it speaks to like when you know, like people ask me all the time, like, how did you how do you how did you overcome that or whatever? You know, God can meet you in a moment, heal your heart, you know, whatever. Grief is a process. But the thing is, is that we all go through things in our life 
and when when that thing comes up against you it's literally a it's just a choice you know to move on is a choice and when when i was in that position the first thing i did was get in god's presence with clint brown's worship music i said i've got to get god's presence and i got to find my peace and i got to find my joy and i just drive around in the in the night by myself and sob my eyeballs out and listen to his worship music and just say god you've got to meet me right here you know and um so yeah it could she could be right quickly in that she she does have us on this bishop it's, yeah. it's very obvious that yeah. she understands successful relationship. I, I believe you now, Kendall. I do believe you. Thank you. I appreciate I re that. I remember when you called me one time, uh, Bishop, I was very single. I was very single. And you told me, you said, man, how you doing? And I, I'm good. And we were just having one of our homeboy talks. And you said, you're never, you're never going to get married. And I said, why, why do you say that? And you said, because your life was too put together. You, you don't have room. You, you remember telling me that? Absolutely. You, you said you don't have room for a wife in your life. There's no room for it. And it, it was at that point that I realized, now I think I'm, I'm really ready because I was that, I felt that complete. And that's when I met Giovanna. And Giovanna met the best thing that's ever happened in her life. <laughs> And hey, and and just got the best thing that ever happened in her life because of you. Little mini me of him. Hey, I tried. Thanks, thanks yeah, to me. Yeah, right. Right. Well, let me complete that sentence. I still got it, brother. Let me. Let yes, me, sir. Let me affirm what you just said. Yes, baby, you are the best thing that's happened to me. It really is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but going back to affirmation, I love what you said, Kendall. It is so true. You do. I've always felt like I, I would end up in in something like this in, in ministry and perhaps maybe even a, a pastor or a bishop, which I ended up doing. Yeah. I remember my friend uh, right before I met you, she's she said, you know what? I have a feeling you're going to marry a pastor in the back of my mind. I was like, I agree. I think I I think I will <laughs> for some reason. And then we did. Yeah. But going back to affirmation. Um, that's something that I've kind of learned from you. And I think it's something that a lot of women and people in general struggle with um, is affirming somebody. But I believe I've learned that from you a whole lot more to do it so much. Um, I think I've, I haven't had it my whole life either. And it's, it can end up hurting you in so much, in so many ways, even um, dealing with the wrong relationships and in wrong with wrong people yeah that lack of affirmation but i've learned from you um to affirm and be more affirmative um you can either make somebody very sensitive by criticizing them in their wrongdoings or you can satisfy somebody by your the verse the words you choose in your vocabulary so affirmation you you satisfy you satisfy people with that you choose to always want to satisfy your wife in airy area of their life so why not satisfy them with affirmation so yeah, i believe probably. that to be very very it's something women really need to learn um you've said it before you that you learned from someone else that you will get from your wife what you call her or be careful what you call your wife yeah whatever you call her that's what you're gonna get that's from what her. you're gonna get let me let me we'll go two more things here and we'll, we'll be done but i want to ask 
this question, both of you guys and, and Jovan as well, we're going to talk about two things. Greatest challenge in relationship and the greatest cornerstone of relationship. Let's start with that. What is the greatest cor uh, cornerstone in a relationship in your opinion? The most important thing in a relationship, healthy relationship, the most important thing. Well, a lot of people would say trust, but I don't think trust is the most important thing. I think honesty is. I think if you're honest, I think that's that builds trust. It, you know, um, it's one thing to say something uh, like 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 you know, to, to say something someone wants to hear, it's, it's way more important to say something someone needs to hear. Wow. And I think honesty to me in a relationship is the most important thing for me uh, than, than anything else. Uh, yeah. Honest about what, what you're feeling in the moment, honest about, and it doesn't have to be, you know, like this, because men, you know, Kendall and I were having this conversation the other day. I tend to say when she says, what's wrong with you? I tend to say nothing when there is something wrong with me. And the truth of the matter is I'm just processing it. But, yeah. uh, but I think, I think it's scary to be honest. I, you know, for me it is because you, that you have a fear of rejection. You have a fear of, of being judged. Uh, there's a lot of fears that come with being honest, you know, I don't think everybody that lies is lying because they're a bad person. I think, I think people that lie most of the time are lying because of, of the consequences, because of the judgment, because of, you know, not being accepted anymore. So I think to me, you know, if, if there's honesty, Hey, you made me feel this way or Hey, I don't like this, you know, and, and you put it on the table as, you can, you know, be mad at me about me being honest. You can be hurt about me being honest and we can work through anger and hurt and all of that, but you can't work through lies. You can't progress and go forward with lies, but, but you can work on somebody being mad at you. You can work it out. You can work on somebody being hurt because you yep. can work it out, but you can't get to any healing if you're not willing to be vulnerable enough to be transparent and be honest. Man, that's, that's rich stuff, man. Rich stuff. Kendall? Well, I was going to say trust. <laughs> but, <laughs> with, but without, without honesty, you can't, you can't build trust. So I was going to say that. And then the second part of that question was, you had two. You said yeah, the, the other one is the greatest challenge in your relationship. Oh, the greatest challenge. Oh, man. Honesty. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I, I, I didn't know that you said the greatest challenge. I don't know if it's the greatest challenge, but I think it it's like so important, vital, like you can't do without is communication. And, and that's one of your points. Are we going to get to the sex, the money, and the communication? Okay. Communication. We're in it now. We're in it now. But no, communication, I think, is so, so important, you know, and um you know, because women and men, they, we, I mean, you know, 
it's like the, our world today, we can't say anything. Yeah. And we can't have an opinion about women and men, but I'm sorry, <laughs> America. Women and men are like, we're wired differently. Like our hormones are different. Like our chromosomes are different. Like everything's different. So um, just men and women, we think differently. We process differently. We communicate differently. And like some women have, you know, I always say I'm, I'm and I think you, you would, uh, agree with this. Like I really do process, think, and kind of, um, communicate some, at most of the time, a little bit more like a man. Like I think some women have a masculine energy that just kind of operates a little bit more, like not as soft. Um, and so I'm kind of like that, which is why, you know, that's one of the reasons like, why I think we were, but, um, but men and women just communicate so differently. They, they process, think differently and all of that. And, for, and, but this is true about me, even though I'm that way, I, most women, I think when they come with something to communicate about, they literally, mostly, they just want you to be quiet and just listen because mostly we can process it's kind of like going to a good counselor and they just reflect like how does that make you feel blah 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 and they just mirror everything that you're saying it's kind of like that we just sort of need somebody to listen and just let us like work through the problem that's why women just sit and talk 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 and we just work through the because the the answers come out you know um but men are hardwired to solve the problem. So they want the facts, like give me the facts, like while this talking like this, while this talking, just give me the, give me the facts and let me solve the problem. When most of the time. Hey, you know what I'm thinking? Uh -huh. The next time we have a problem, I'm gonna tell her, you need to go watch that video <laughs> <laughs> and listen to your own advice about all these details. I, I, let, but, let me, let me say uh, this, let me say uh, this. You asked, we, we're, we told, we told you what's important and communication, honesty, trust, trust. all that. But you also asked difficult. And I think that's an important question. We didn't answer that. I'll tell you my most difficult thing. And that is this. I'm used to, I've been in this thing 37 years full time. 37. 27 of it has been my ministry. Right? I'm right. the pastor. I roll up on the property. They need to do it the way I want to do it. I want it done. I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have a vision. I have an, I have an outline of it. I know how I want it to look, all that. So everybody on that property, when I roll up, they're, you know, I, I don't think about this, but they're under my authority. And if I go, I want something to drink, they go get it. I want, I don't like that. They'll, they'll change it. Um, I don't turn that off. They'll turn it off. I don't want to see that person. They won't, they won't let them in. I go get me this, do this. I, and I'm so used to bossing people that when I get home, <laughs> you know, it, it's difficult to take that hat off of I'm in charge of everything because I, subconsciously, honestly, Pastor, I don't think about, I'm the boss. Everybody's here because, you know, and they want to please me and everybody wants me to be happy with them. All that. It's really not in my brain, but subconsciously it's happening because they do that. Bishop, you need anything? Bishop, can I do anything for you? Bishop, you da, 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 da. So when I get home, you know, it's hard to take that hat off. That's the hard thing for me is to not be 
pastor, bishop in charge of, you know, everything in this house is what I want. So it's difficult for me to do that. I'll be real honest. And then the fact that I was single 11 years and everything in my house was the way I wanted it. And she walked into my life and now you have to take not only someone's opinion, you have to care about it. Please. Which is difficult to do after 11 years of never thinking about that, you know? And so I don't know if that makes sense, but it really is hard for me sometimes to take the hat off of everything's like I want it and, and everything's done the way I want it done. So when I get home, life ain't like that when you get in your house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> ain't the way it is. You just, you just read my... You're not alone, Ricky. No. <laughs> See, I'm the same exact way. And, and it's not only getting this done, but the speed of it getting done. Yes. And I'm like, when I asked Giovanna for something here, like it takes five minutes, 10 minutes now, to walk right there. 20 get, minutes now with River. To get a glass of water. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I'm like, are you going to come back with the water? Yeah. Whenever we have, whenever we have two good legs and two good hands ourselves, exactly. And hey, that's don't you where love I'm it going. When they say, hey, Giovanna, don't you love it when they say, "Is there any Tabasco? <laughs> Do we have salt? Yes, we have you salt. Sound, you sound just like him. We have ketchup. Yes, we have ketchup. Yeah, no, we no. have ketchup. Yeah, it's it, a request. Like, can you go get the salt? Can you get the water? Can you get the Tabasco? Yeah. It, when it, I that, was pregnant, <laughs> he did this to me while I was pregnant. Oh, babe! <laughs> and I look at him like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> but he knows. He knows, and he comes yeah. and makes it better. <laughs> yeah, that's my Guys, that's my challenge. Yeah. What's well, challenge? I, I can totally, totally identify with that. Totally. You guys have been absolutely wonderful on this. Tonight, Kendall, you want to talk about money and sex, Cindy? <laughs> I mean, we, I, you know, I don't know how much time we have. We're gonna get to. She got excited when she saw that rated R thing. Yeah, I was like, it's rated. Yeah, come on. What are we gonna do? Let's talk about it. Let's take. Let's take ten. <laughs> let's take ten minutes because I'll be honest with you. In the re relationship uh, reality series this month, none of the guests have jumped on that whole sex part. Uh, Joe and Yolanda talked about money. Um, I love sex. Yeah. <laughs> we have the proof of it. I have proof. Six, six weeks yeah. old. Six weeks, six weeks old. <laughs> did, did you prepare to talk about any of that, Kendall? Because if you did, I, I want to hear it. I think there's only two real things that you have to talk about when it comes to sex. Number one, men are visual creatures. And I think that is like, you know, it's, I think it's so important. Like if we just understand each other, then we know how to relate better and we know how to have better relationships. And if we understand as women that men are visual, um, you know, I just, I was taught um, by my mother-in-law, my first, my only mother-in-law, um, you know, like if, if I know that Clint is five minutes from the house, 
and I have not, and I'm still in my zip up XL onesie. I may be working all day long, but I will jump up, get it together, run to the bathroom, put on some lipstick, you know, like get myself together. Men are visual. And I think it's so important. And, you know, women like want to get all like weird about like, eh, about that. I don't know why women want to get all weird about that because we want to actually, we want to be, um, um, recognize we want to be seen you know i mean it's like you said as little girls you know what we're dressing up in the princess dress and we're putting on the makeup and the high heel shoes why because we want to feel pretty you know we want to be seen and then yeah you know everybody gets so upset because you know men are visual so i think it's really important to just um have respect for that and know especially for like women that you know maybe women that do stay at home maybe you are a stay-at-home mom or you know, you work from home, whatever man goes out, he works all day, every day. Like there's, I don't know the statistic. I didn't look it up, but like a man has a sexual thought, like every less than every minute, like every so many seconds, you know, and biologically, how deep do we want to go? You go as far as you want. Biologically, uh, scientifically, physically, a man you know, let me, I'll, let me just say it like this. Uh, um, women, we have all the eggs we're ever going to have, right? We're born with them. Right. Men aren't born with all they're ever going to have. They constantly make it all the time, right? About every right. 72 hours. Like there's a natural thing that just needs to occur. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a thing. It's scientific. Look it up. But I just think that we should have respect for the needs of the other person. Men are are their visual creatures and we should respect I, that and, and i and think get it together get and, that together yeah, and be glad about it i think too pastor Rick, i think this is very important if especially for wives of people in the ministry it is difficult for us you and i like i said to take that hat off that when we come in the house i think it's kendall's responsibility to not make me feel like she's having sex with Pastor Clint Brown. That's okay. not our responsibility. Oh, I think, yeah. That's your responsibility. Oh, yeah, I think. And to make me not feel like she's having sex with the bishop. Because right. there were times whenever, I know I've talked to a lot of pastors through the years, their spouses have a hard time separating the man in the pulpit and the man in the bedroom. Yep. You know, and, and then, then that judgment comes that I can't believe you asked me to do that. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you want that. I can't believe you like that. Well, you know, I think a man in woman's bed is undefiled. I think what we like, what we want, what I want, shouldn't have to fit some do doctrine or religious structure, you know? And when I walk through that door, it's Kendall's responsibility to not make me feel like she's having sex with the pastor because right. that changes the whole dynamic and the whole aura of, of what we're doing. Have sex with the pastor. Yeah. And I would tell everybody, <laughs> I will tell everybody, I will tell everybody, if you're going to have sex with your spouse, don't put my praise and worship on. <laughs> Come on, man, put on some Put on, put on, you know, some old school, whatever, you know, uh, I don't care, but you know, nobody wants to have sex with a Bible by the bed. Nobody wants to have sex and, and somebody speaking in tongues, 
you know, oh, getting, you're praying before we have intercourse. No, man. Leave the Bible in the office. Leave it by the chair. And, you know, wear that Victoria don't tell nobody stuff to be. So I, men are visual and women are relational. I, I think men are like, you know, they, you know, they, have you ever heard this? Like men are like microwaves and women are like crock pots. Yeah. Like you've heard this, right? You've heard yeah. this. Yep. Like, so it's just, it's so different. I, and I still think it goes back to communication. I was going to bring up the five lovelanguages.com. I think every couple needs to take it and you need to take the test every few years. If you haven't taken it, you need to, if you haven't taken it in five years, you need to take it again because your love languages change but it all goes back to communication. I was just telling somebody today, I think there needs to be a fivesexlanguages.com. I mean, what a great tool that would open up the conversation about sex, you yeah. know, because I think it's something that we just don't talk about. But right. I still think it goes back to, it goes back to communication when it comes to sex, yeah. you know? I think one of the problems too is everybody's always asking somebody outside of their own relationship what's okay and what's not okay. Mm-hmm. you're asking the wrong person. Right. It's right here. Not, not you go sit with somebody and ask them, it's okay for me to feel the way I feel, your husband or my wife. I, I think yeah. it's important to communicate and, and find that out, you know. But I, I, think, uh, I think it's very important and, and, and it needs to be, it needs to be what that couple's needs are, not yeah. some biblical structure or some. Tell me one time when I was grow, when I was growing up that the only reason, and I'm talking about I was an adult married. The only reason for sex was was to uh, uh, procreate. Procreate. I've heard that as well. And, and you know, yeah, and and I didn't think I didn't think about it until I met that preacher's husband and saw how unhappy he was. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's something, you know, it, it's don't, don't go outside of your marriage to find out what's okay and what's not okay. Find out from your spouse what's comfortable and not comfortable and what's what I like, what you like. All, and I think that's what makes things work. Powerful stuff. And I think, as you guys have alluded to, this topic, this subject, because it's been so taboo in church and we stay away from it, I think that's why we watch the infrastructure of marriages and especially those in ministry just crumble because no one has talked about this stuff. We don't talk about it to our people. We don't teach it to our to our leaders. We don't. It's never talked about. So I think it's very healthy. Communication and and you know I again I tell people all the time in my opinion sex is one of the most important aspects in a relationship in a marriage marriage relationship and when it's not right it's going to affect every other area of that relationship because it is the one thing that God gave us to do and I was telling telling our people the other day that we are the only creation that God made that procreates eye to eye and if the eyes are the window to the soul, then it is, that's where you create the soul tie with your soul mate. And that creates for a healthy, healthy relationship. And when that's messed up, 
you're made you're you're that whole situation and it's bearishing and its foundation makes a dysfunctional relationship. So I don't think yeah. sex is like number three on the chart or number 10. I think <laughs> it's like the most important thing because it, it is the act of marriage, the action, the activity of marriage. It's, it's the, um, it's the endorsement of God on that relationship. That's, that's my opinion. You can study any study you want and you will find out sex is the second greatest drive in a human being. Number one is survival. Wow. That's that's the only thing above the drive of sex is to, I don't want to die. Think about that. Wow. That's important. Anything else, babe? It's kind of like the animal kingdom. The first two as well. It is the animal kingdom in my house. In the jungle. <laughs> um, I got to say, hey. I, coming into this marriage, I learned that the marriage bed is undefiled. I, I, I was probably a little, what is it, prude? A little bit. A little bit prude. And Ricky opened up them doors and he I said, You're going to learn <laughs> today. You go, you gonna learn today. But because I was under that impression too, like Bishop said, you know, you, you you have sex to procreate, and that kind of stuck with me. You know, those religious, right? It, it, yeah. And so when I met Ricky, and he's like, "No, we're married. <laughs> we're about to do this." Hey, hey. and hey, we're you know, you know, you know, you have in common. Fun. What's that? You know what they have in common? Just talking about the animal kingdom. They both married a tiger. You preaching good now. You preaching good now. Yeah, we both we both married the lion, and we choose to remain lioness. <laughs> hey, we love y'all. This has been incredible. It's been insightful. It's been encouraging, and very enlightening, may I say. But we we love you guys very much. We're always in your corner. We we support you. Thank God for Judah and your ministry, Bishop and Kendall. You're you're reaching more than you realize. And we just speak the blessing of God over you. And and Giovanna and I speak success to you guys. And everyone watching tonight, uh, all four of us, we pray for your relationships, that your relationships, you understand relationships are real. They're not superficial. You can't fake this stuff. This 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 is reality. And we pray that we've helped you all tonight. And if we have, please share this because more people will watch it this week. We love you all. And we speak the blessing of God over you.